Welcome back to the AI Perspective, or if it's here for your first time, welcome, happy to have you. I, on this show, I guess you could call it podcast, whatever you want to call it, I talk about whatever I feel like talking about at the time. And in the last episode, the very, very first one, I talked about Modern Warfare 2, the good, the bad, and how it's, well, it's mostly bad. And in this, I'm going to talk about something completely fucking different, because usually I don't like to talk about the same things every single time. And today... We're talking about Norse mythology, which, yes, is a very big departure from the last thing, from video games. Um, but I just, I took a class on Norse mythology, and I loved it. I fell in love with it. it it's fucking, it's very bizarre how I fell in love with it, because I fell in love with it in a serious way, but also in a not-so-serious way. And by that I mean, the, the stories are varied. The stories can have a very lighthearted tone or can have a very serious tone and some stories can try to have a serious tone and come off very silly and it and by silly i mean fucking stupid because they're hilarious it's, it's amazing and i'll get into a lot of the comedy going forward and i would say i focus mostly on the comedy for most of this but i will focus on two different stories that are in this i'll focus mostly on them and in those stories, I will show one where it's very comedic for the whole runtime, and then one that is serious but still has some silly elements. So I'm trying to give a bit of a representation of all that this has to offer with silly, serious, and then some serious shit that is still silly as hell. So I, I hope you're ready to be along for the ride. This is probably going to be quite long, so grab a snack. Grab popcorn, grab M&Ms, grab whatever you feel like munching on and just have a good time. Or if you just want to drink some Wouter, then you can drink some Wouter. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, just lock in. It's going to be fun. Anyway, what I want to start with is that there are more than just gods. Because I know people, when you think Norse mythology, you think Thor, you think Odin, you think Loki. Probably mostly just because of Marvel, but still... That's what you think. And there's way more than that. There are also sagas that will follow a lineage of what are normal people, but also kind of not. It's very confusing. And that is sort of the best way to describe um, Norse mythology as a whole. And that is inconsistent and confusing, but still fucking good. And it, it's very bizarre because in the sagas... It at least feels like you're following normal people, but then randomly someone has magic powers who and they can see the future, or everyone in the everyone in the story can randomly see the future at one point in time and then never else. Because there's this saga where randomly in the middle, every single character has a dream on the same night. They're all different dreams, but they're all premonitions to what's going to happen in the future. The same future. It's like the... It's completely different premonitions for one future with all these different characters who before this have expressed no sort of powers at all. They're just normal fucking people. Like, I think it was like three women and maybe like two dudes. And the weirdest thing about them was just their names. It was bizarre. And that happens very fucking often. There'll be inconsistencies... And all kinds of shit that happens. But there are a ton of hilarious stories. And I want to start with that. There is the story of Loki's insults. Where Loki breaks into a party. And just insults 
everybody. Now, I'll go into more detail a little bit later because there's some more groundwork I want to cover. But trust me, that one's fucking amazing. Now, here's a story that I'll briefly go through, and that is cross-dressing Thor. Thor's... I'm doing this kind of off of memory, but Thor's hammer is stolen by a giant. And the giant's like, ooh, I'll give you back your hammer if I can marry uh, Freya, I think is who he wants to marry. And Freya's like, fuck you, I don't want to just marry someone so you can get your toy back, fuck you. And so Thor, logically, is just like, hey, I'll dress up as a woman and pretend to be you so I can get my hammer back. Yeah, so he dresses up as a woman to pretend to be Freya and go marry him and go marry the uh, fucking giant guy. But he puts in no effort. Like, he's eating shit like a pig. He's, uh, he doesn't, like, do any sort of magic shape-shifting, which is a thing all the fucking time in this, by the way. He decides not to. He just puts on a dress and, like, what, what, the veil, veil, I think is what it's called, the thing that goes over your fucking face, you know? He puts on that thing. He doesn't, sh he doesn't shapeshift. He doesn't even, like, shave his beard. And so the guy lifts it up, and he doesn't see the big bushy beard, but he looks in his eyes, and he sees that it's a eyes that go into the soul or something like that. And I'm like, you didn't see the fucking beard? Like, how, how do you lift something up from the bottom, and it goes up, and so it goes past the chin, and you're like, that's not important. I want to look at your eyes. Like, what the fuck is that? I don't get how the giant doesn't realize it's Thor. But also... Then Thor is just doing all sorts of manly shit. He's barping and all this shit, and he never figures it out. And then they put Thor's hammer in the woman's lap as a ceremony to, like, bless her or something. And then Thor gets it back, and then he goes and kills everybody. So that's kind of the gist of that story, which is a more funny story, or more humorous, I should say. And then the word itself, Volsung, which there is a saga called Saga of the Volsungs, which I referenced earlier with all the random prep, 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 prepositions, prep, premonitions, that's what it is, English. Just the word Volsung is funny. Now, not just because it sounds funny or something. If you look at this just with plain translation, it is the saga of the horse penis. I'm not even fucking kidding. I just want to sit on that. I just want, I just want you to sit on it. I'm just going to... Okay, good enough. Saga of the horse penis. Volsung means fucking horse penis. And that is incredible. That is the best thing I learned from my whole semester class of Norse mythology. It is incredible. I fucking love it. I wanted to write my paper on just the word Volsung and just say Volsung means horse penis. Good enough. That's educational. It's it's incredible. It's so funny. I know. It's childish to think that that is hilarious. But it's a whole saga, a whole family lineage where the name means horse penis. I belong to the horse penis family. Do you know how awesome that would be? That, ooh, that is so awesome. And now the story itself is pretty good through and through. It is very interesting shit happening and some funny shit. But damn it, dude, I couldn't get over Volsung. It's so fucking funny. Um, Now, going away from some of the funnier side of things, I'm going to go to the more brutal part of Norse mythology because there's a lot and I just want to get this out of the way I haven't read everything I've read a little bit here and there and then whatever was assigned to me in uh, my class so I haven't even scratched the surface but here are some of the more brutal things that I have seen in this there's a horse called Frey Faxi in this story um where well, the story doesn't matter but in this there was a guy who was forbidden to ride this horse called Freyfaxi. 
and the guy who owned Freight Faxi said that he would kill the guy if he rode the horse, Freight Faxi. And, well, he rode the horse, and so he killed him. Pretty sensible. You know, the one rule he was given, don't ride the horse. And the guy rode the horse. He said he was going to kill him if he rode the horse. So when he rode the horse, he killed him. Easy as that. But a bunch of people got mad. They went to court. And then they settled on, oh, you were wrong for killing the guy who rode your horse and broke the one rule you had. But they also blamed the horse. So later on, when they had the horse with the with the people that prosecuted him, they were like, what do we do? How about we put a bag over his head, tie a rock over his neck, and then throw him off a fucking cliff? Doesn't that sound justice? Doesn't that sound justly? I That's what they did to a horse that did nothing fucking wrong. The horse was just a bystander. The horse was just, it was ridden. But they were like, we gotta punish that horse. And what do we do? We don't like not feed him for a day. We don't like, you know, say bad boy. We're just like, we're gonna... Cover his face so he doesn't know what's happening. Tie a rock around his neck and throw him off a fucking cliff for him to die. And probably not quickly. It depends on how big the cliff was, sure. But, like, come on. And, I mean, they describe how they do it, and it's so convoluted. I think they put some, like, sticks under him and then have, like, two dudes at the top push in while two dudes at the bottom are pushing. And it's, like, weird as fuck maneuver that they're going with. They go into a lot of detail with it. But still, <laughs> why is that what you go to? And the next brutal thing, which is, ooh, it's so fucking brutal. I, this is probably the most brutal out of everything. And it, I, ooh, I gotta take a drink for this. Hold on. You know what? Fuck it. Water's not enough. I need caffeine. Didn't that sound nice? I don't know if you. I don't know if the mic picked it up, but I hope it did. <sighs> anyway. So there's a story in this called Baldur's Death. And in that, Loki is the one who kills Baldur. And then Loki's hunted down. He is caught when he's in the form of a salmon. And then the gods are like, we gotta punish his ass for killing Baldur. You know, I mean, that makes sense. I don't know if I'd do it how this is, but... So they have Baldur in a cave. Or not Baldur. They have Loki in a cave. And Loki's son is turned into a wolf in front of him. Okay, that's not that bad. So, you know, that's not that bad. But, but Loki has two sons. And Loki, uh, Loki's son, who was turned into a wolf, he devours the other son, rips him to shreds right in front of Loki. And now we're getting pretty fucked up. But hold on, there's more. And then they, they take the dead son's guts. They bound Loki by them, including his balls. So for the rest of time, or at least for the rest of his binding... Loki's son's innards are holding him prisoner, but also holding him prisoner by the fucking balls. <laughs> so his son is just constantly touching his balls. He's caught and it's his son's innards. So it's like he's constantly <laughs> in his fucking son. It's it's disgusting if you think about it too long. And, I mean, even if you don't, it's fucking disgusting and it's brutal. I get that he murdered someone, someone who was called Baldur the Good, who, someone who was respected as like probably the best god, the most moral, the best out of all of them. But he had to kill his sons just to bind him by his innards. Like that's just fucking insane. And by the balls, they specifically say I think by the loins, which I think means genitalia. So like, bro, I, I don't know. I saw a few definitions online, but one of them is 
genitalia or sexual organs. So I'm gonna go off the basis of that because I feel like that's what they would have done. I feel like that's what they were meaning with the context in the wording. So he is bound by the balls and maybe the dick. I don't fucking know. He's bound by his... It's just disgusting. We're gonna move on. But that's not the end of his punishment, actually. There is also snake venom dripping on his face forever, just stinging and burning him on the face while he's being bound by his son's innards by his balls. Um, and... But also, there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. His very dedicated wife, Sigyn, Sigyn, S-I-G-Y-N, pronounce that how you will. She stays with him and comforts him and also collects the venom in a bucket. I don't know. I don't really get the understanding. I think maybe she collects the venom in a bucket before it hits his face. But then once the bucket's full and she has to go dump it out, then the venom starts hitting his face again. Maybe. I'm not completely sure, but I think that's how it goes. I could be wrong. And now the next, one of the more brutal things uh, that I want to talk about next is towards the very beginning, there's this god called, or this giant, this huge giant. I hit my mic and it shook the whole desk. Anyway, um, there's this huge giant called Ymir, I'm pretty sure. And he is the father of all giants. And his body, he, he's murdered. He's murdered by... Um, Odin and his two brothers that I can't remember the name of because they don't do literally anything after this and they barely do anything in this. They're just like, hey, they're there too. But anyway, um, Odin and his two brothers kill Ymir and he, they make the earth out of Ymir. The earth world, the sky, the, I think the clouds are his brain and then um, his skin is the land. His blood is the ocean. I know other stuff was other stuff, but still. And they make the Earth out of Ymir. You know, I, I think that kind of makes sense so far. Kinda. And if you really don't think about it too hard. But the worst part, the brutal part about this, isn't even the murder. When they murder Ymir, who is this huge-ass giant, who is the father of all frost giants, his blood drowns all of the frost giants, except two, I believe, who escape on a boat. They just happened to be fishing at the time. And it was just the perfect time to be fucking fishing. And so they were already on a boat. And the boat just rode the waves of their father's blood. While the rest of their species gets wiped out and drowned by his blood. And also, ever since then, the Frost Giants are hated and viewed as evil. With no explanation. Before that, they were viewed as evil. After that, they were viewed as evil. And it, there's no explanation. They don't actually do anything wrong. Most of the time, they're, there's like a few of them doing bad things. But most of the time, they're having the bad things done to them. Or they're doing thing bad things as a result of bad things that have been done to them. So, it's hard to view them as actual bad people. And view this as a justified uh, event. And so, and also, I mean... The gods just drowned their entire lineage. Why wouldn't they be fucking mad at them? You know what I mean? Um, and then my next brutal thing is just Thor. Just Thor. If you know, you know. But I'll explain if you don't know. Thor is bloodthirsty in Norse mythology. If you love him in Marvel, you don't fucking know who he is in actual Norse mythology. Because in Marvel, he's a good guy. He's very honorable, very moral, stuff like that. You know, like a superhero should be. In this, 
he is killing giants for no reason. He's known as like the giant slayer, giant murderer, and he just is killing people left and right over and over. Just murder, 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 murder over and over all the time. He and at Baldur's funeral, there's a dwarf that's just kind of walking in front of him, all sad because Baldur's dead. You know, he's just walking in front of Thor. Thor's just like, fuck you, and just kicks him into a pit of fire and lets him burn to death. No fucking reason. They don't even, like, dislike dwarfs. They actively interact with dwarfs. Dwarfs are cool. People like dwarfs. They love dwarfs. They're little people. They're fun to look at. And, but Thor is just like, nah, fuck this guy, specifically this dwarf, and kicks him into a fire because he walked in front of him. And later, and actually at the same fucking uh, funeral, the gods ask this giant to push a boat and for, for them, for whatever reason. They ask her to push a boat. She does push the boat successfully. She pushes it. And then Thor's like, you know what? I want to kill you because you pushed the boat that we asked you to push. Now, he restrains himself. I got to give him credit where credit is due. This guy did restrain himself. So I dig that. But Thor, <laughs> he just, he wants to kill her. And there's no explanation. His explanation is just, she pushed the boat. But you asked her to push the fucking boat. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, maybe I misinterpreted, but fuck me. That is how it looked, at least. Like, Thor, you don't look like a good guy, bud. But, yeah. Essentially, Thor's just a really shitty human the whole time. Oh, God. Whatever, you know, we don't get into specifics, but Thor, he just fucking sucks. He's a murderous madman who's just bloodthirsty the whole time. And I fucking, I love it. It's hilarious. Like, don't get me wrong. I, 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 Thor is my favorite comic book character period to read and everything, but God damn it. In this, he's so funny just because of how much he wants to murder everyone. And there's, oh, there's something I didn't even write into the script, but I just remembered. There is this story where there's this giant who's, like, shown to be stronger than Thor himself. And Thor, it just in the dead of night, like, while the giant's sleeping, keeps wanting to absolutely murder this guy. So he's taking his hammer, going up to this guy's head, and just bashing him in the head with it. Now, he doesn't end up killing him because of weird reasons. But still, like, he, just because this guy is perceived as kind of being stronger than Thor, because he challenged Thor to tie a knot around a bag, and Thor could not... Oh, no, he asked him to untie this knot to open a bag, and Thor could not untie the knot because of how strongly it was tied. And Thor took that as, like, I'm... I, you pissed me off. I'm gonna kill you now. And so Thor just fucking wants to murder him, and he never succeeds, but it is hilarious. It is so fucking funny how much he just wants to kill this guy. And he's willing to do it in the most scummy way possible. By fucking waiting till he's asleep. Can't defend himself. And then he is just bashing him in the head with his fucking all-powerful hammer. That is, like, not rivaled by literally anything else. Except a snake. But we'll get to that later. Giants are treated terribly. Just saying. I think the giants are secretly some men to be the good guys in this story. And maybe all of Norse mythology is kind of a farce where they're actually trying to 
discount gods. And even though there are humans in the story who are treated not well a lot of the time, to be honest, they are... that the, the, the giants are kind of meant to be humans in a way i guess like in a like a like a metaphor and like the and like the gods constantly treating them as bad um meant that gods treat humans poorly by you know how bad life is so they shouldn't be worshipped i kind of i kind of get that vibe maybe i'm probably reading way too much into it but that's kind of what i think and i just think that's more interesting where the giants are actually the good guys in the end Maybe, but then the Giants kind of also stand up with, like, people from hell, and they're probably not good guys, so I don't know. But I like that. Um, and also, towards the end of, like, when Norse mythology, at least stuff was getting written down, um, the, there was a lot, there was a big transition into Christianity, like a Christian takeover, kind of, where a lot of them were converting to Christianity, and a lot of text was used specifically to discount the sort of just the pagan gods and the pagan myths in general to show like, hey, yeah, we're fully Christian, but we're going to write these stories because they're kind of cool, but we'll do a twist. We're like, the gods are really shitty, you know? So I definitely think that there's a bit of merit to what I said, but still. And, you know, I think I've talked enough about Thor. That's the gist of Thor. Thor doesn't get any more depth or interest. Like he has some good stories, don't get me wrong, but beyond being a brute who just wants to kill everything he doesn't have much of a character but loki loki's pretty one-dimensional too but it's much more fun loki is basically a sassy petty gay guy that's how i look at it you know and there's nothing that shows that more than the story of loki's quarrel which is the story I referenced earlier where he breaks into a party and just insults everybody. A part like he wasn't invited to this party, so he's like, oh, I'm gonna stir some shit in this pot right now, brother. And so he goes in, and I have just a list of almost almost every insult he said. I didn't get all of them because there's some that um weren't that interesting, so I didn't really put them in. And first off. He goes to Braggy. This guy who, to be honest, I couldn't even remember what he did ever. Like, I don't know what his, the the gist of him is. What's What makes him important? I can't even remember. But he walks up to him to start with, and he's just like, Hey, yo, Braggy, you a fucking pussy, dude. He just calls him out for being, like, cowardice and shit. Like, he ain't gonna be able to fight nobody. He's, like, all talk but no bite. He just calls him a pussy for no reason. He's just like, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. I'm going to start with you because you little pussy. I know I can get to you. Fuck you. And then he goes and then Gephion like tries to defend uh, Braggy and, because Braggy completely fails at uh, protect, uh, like defending himself. And he goes to Braggy and he tries to defend him. And then Gephion <laughs> and Loki goes to Gephion, who's a woman, by the way. It's hard to tell with the name. And says that she is a pedo who had sexual relations with a little pale boy. <laughs> like, just... He's just throwing out random shit. And the thing is, these people are taking it like it's real. Like, he's right. Like, it's correct. 
And I gotta be honest, Chief, it's so fucking funny. I can't describe how funny it was reading this for the first fucking time. And just all these people coming up to Loki being like, Hey, yo, calm down, my guy. And then he's just like, fuck you, you touch kids. And, and they're just like, I, shit, he got me, bro. I can't defend myself. Everyone knows I did it. And I'm like, what do you mean? And then he goes to Odin, who's the all-father, like the all-powerful guy. And is like, you're a perv. But here's the thing. He doesn't, like, give an instance. It's not like the last thing where uh, Gephion touched a little pale boy. He's just like, oh, you're a perv, my guy. I don't have any evidence to back it up. But you're a perv. Totally. I don't know how, but you are. And then... He Ooh, here comes a bit more of a brutal one. So, there's Frigg, who is a goddess, and she's the mother of Baldur. He goes up to Frigg, laughs in her face, since he killed her fucking son. And here's the thing. What makes that more brutal is the timing of everything, because I'm so confused as to the timing of everything. Because... Loki kills, um, Baldur. And everyone knows that Loki did it, I'm pretty sure. And so, and usually what follows Loki killing Baldur is the punishment of Loki. But this, that obviously hasn't happened, because he's meant to stay there till Ragnarok, which is the very end. And so, between him, him killing Baldur, and him being trapped in a cave, there is a party that everyone has that he's not invited to that he crashes and he just insults everyone and no one's like why don't we capture the guy now who did it and not chase him in a river while he's in a form of a fish like why i don't get how that happens so but that also means that re like the killing of her son is recent like extremely recent and you're seeing the guy who just murdered your son. And he's laughing in your face. You're telling me you don't, you're not like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And you don't use some fucking magic shit. I don't get it. But Freya comes in, tries to, tries to like defend her. And be like, Loki, fuck off. And then he calls Freya a hoe who lets everyone fuck her. Even elves. Even her brother. And then he says... She farts. He really ended that insult on a weak note. Like, you fart. Like, fucking like a third grade type of insult. And not even third grade. I'd go back to, like, kindergarten. You fart. Like, that's definitely not a third grade thing. Like, that's like a kindergarten insult. But before that, you were calling her a, a fucking, like, a, a, a hoe for letting everyone fuck her. You said that she fucks elves, pointy-eared people. And you said that she entails an incest and likes to fuck her brother. That Those are insane accusations. Which she just takes and says, yep, I did that. She's fucking her brother. Ooh. But then she farted. Who the fuck cares if she farted? She's fucking her brother. And they keep getting weirder, to be honest. They keep getting fucking weirder. The next one is Niord. Or the next one I at least want to talk about. I don't really remember how he comes into the conversation. Loki probably just goes up to him and says, Haha, you're fucking next, bro. 
and the Yord he accuses of having a piss fetish. He says everyone's pissing in his fucking mouth. I I don't remember if Nior denies that. I really fucking hope he does. Or hell, if it's real, own your fetish, I guess. It's a disgusting one, but own it, I guess. But he says Nyord has a piss fetish, okay? And then he just at the end slips in like, oh yeah, hey, I also fucked your sister, by the way. So yeah, <laughs> I got that shit, you know what I mean? Like, he just, out of nowhere, I swear, I gotta add something to the title of Loki. Loki's a sass, petty gay guy who's also a fuckboy. I just want to throw it out there, because this starts a trend. He says Njord has a piss fetish, and it's just like, hey, yo, I fucked your sister. And then he goes to Tyr, and he makes fun of Tyr for having one hand, because Loki's son, Fenrir, who's a giant wolf, but is not the wolf who ate his other brother, or his other son. I know, it's very confusing, and it's hard to keep up with. But he makes fun of Tyr for only having one hand because his son, Fenrir, bit it off. Or Fenris. He kind of switches names. Bit his hand off. And then Loki also slides in. Hey, yo, I fucked your wife. Oh, also, I got her pregnant. She had a kid. I fucked her. We didn't have protection. We just be raw-dogging. Like, what the fuck? He just keeps slipping in like, hey, I fucked someone you love. I fucked someone you love. Like, that's the fuckboy energy I get from this. He's, he's, he is getting all the pussy, bro. And, and then he goes up to Scotty, who I'm pretty sure is a woman. And he's, and she's like talking mad shit to him. And then he's like, he just, is just politely, quietly, just like, you know, you talk nicer when you wanted me to fuck you. And it's, like, it is fucking insane. He's fucking everybody. And the list goes on. And we keep going. And this is just the shit we got receipts for. Who knows how many he actually be fucking. You know what I mean? Like, next, Thor comes in. And he's like, hey, yo, you know your girlfriend, Sif? <laughs> Wait, no. He's saying this to Sif itself. He's like, hey, yo, Sif. Remember, I fucked you too. Like, what? I, you're fuck. He's fucking everybody. He fucked Thor's girlfriend, the guy who wants to will murder anyone all the time, anytime, any day of the week, 24-7. He fucked his girlfriend with no remorse. He's like, yo, I fucked you. Like, that's insane. Then he calls a bitch. I don't even know. I have never heard her. I tried to Google her. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she is. I don't know where she comes from. But just randomly, he calls Byla a dung-splattered dairy maid. The only way I interpreted that is she's maybe someone who works on a farm and she milks the cows. But the cows are fed laxatives or something, so they keep shitting on her while she's getting the milk. That's all I can interpret that as. And that's a pretty damn bad insult. I mean, he talks about incest and, like, fucking everyone's sisters and wives. But, like, now you're a dung-splattered dairy maid? You're touching udders and getting shit on while you're touching udders? That might be the worst one by far. I'm just fucking saying. But then Thor comes in. And Thor's like, yo, I will fucking murder you if you don't shut up. And Loki's like, I'm gonna get a few more jabs in before I, like, dip. And so 
Loki makes fun of Thor for his dad, who will end up dying in the future at Ragnarok. And then also calls him a coward because he hid in a glove of a giant, which is in another story. The story where he was trying to bash people, that one guy's head in for the knot tying, it was his glove. And he was in that glove. He wasn't really hiding in there. I've read the story. He wasn't really hiding in there, though. So the insult doesn't exactly land. And throughout this, there are some clapbacks to Loki. Um, he made the Loki was made fun of for transforming into a woman or a mare and having a kid as a woman slash mare. Um, because that's viewed as a very, very bad thing in Norse mythology. Like, it's like blasphemy. Um, they call him a perv. Uh, they make fun of how he lost his son, uh, Fenrir. Um, and, like, they do other shits, but most of them don't land as hard as Loki's does. Like, Loki, he's spitting shit, dude. And Loki always wins every single argument. But here's the thing. I, here's something that I just want to talk about. So, Loki is said to have a faithful wife, those are the exact words, who comforts him in his punishment for killing Baldur. That's what she does. But she, why is she faithful if he is out here fucking everybody? I, bro, what, you can do so much better, my guy. What are you doing? I, Sigin, Sigin, what are you doing with Loki? You can do so much fucking better. He is, he is fucked Sif. He has fucked uh, Scotty. He has fucked uh, Freya. He has fucked uh, probably Freg. Who the fuck knows? He's fucked uh, some guy's wife. Yet Niord, he fucked Niord's sister, and he fucked Tyr's wife and got her pregnant. And you're telling me you want to be faithful to this motherfucker? I'm just saying you can probably do better. Well, I mean, whatever. Maybe she just wants to be a part of the gods. Like it's kind of like a gold digger situation, and she's like cool with it i don't know you do you but like fuck bro so the last thing that kind of gets me to the, like the more petty part of everything is he killed so as i've mentioned he killed balder and the reasoning behind it is kind of he was just jealous of all the attention balder was getting is in it balder has a dream where it's like a premonition of his death or that he's in danger at least so then frigga his mom or Frigg, um, she goes out and she decides to bless him to where he is can't be injured by anything other than one thing, which is mistletoe. And Loki takes this all this attention that he's getting, and he gets so jealous that he finds the one thing that can kill him, he convinces a blind guy to shoot him with it, just so he can stop getting attention, because he's all jealous. That is the definition of petty if i've ever seen it i gotta be honest chief it is just it is the definition of petty um also just real quick some funny a funny part there are some funny ass names just saying there's a world serpent okay if any of you played like the god of war games like the recent ones you know that there is a world serpent all right and the actual name is eorn mungander Eorn Moongander. That's the best way I can pronounce that. There are so many names like that. Eorn Moongander, Freyfaxi, Ratatosk, uh, hell, even some of these, Sc Scotty, um, Byla, the, 
tongue spider dairy maid i fucking love that neord like there's so many dumb names that are difficult as fuck to pronounce and i understand obviously it's a product of the time but like it's just so goofy i i love it like it's fucking hilarious but i'm never gonna be able to remember the world serpent's name perfectly because eor mangenda like what the fuck and my professor he has like all the names memorized like once you mention a name he, even if you mispronounce it terribly, he's like, oh yeah, Eormengander. Even if you say like, e Igor, he's like, oh yeah, Eor Eormengander. I can't even fucking say it quickly. The World Serpent. I know everything about him. And I'm like, how in the fuck do you know this? I just don't get it. Um, The stories, though, are not always amazing. And to be honest, most of the time, they're really fucking not. You really have to be committed to a lot of stories kind of sucking for the most part, and not in having no depth to them. The story of Balder dying, at least the version in the prose edda, has almost nothing to do with Balder. It just doesn't. Balder dies, and then that's it. He doesn't do anything, and in the uh, the prose edda specifically, Balder does nothing until he's just dead. Like, it, he's called Balder the Good. You know, we're, like, meant to like him, but and view him as this, like, very holy, very good guy. But he's never used. We never see that. It's more telling and less showing. And characters will come in and, like, be out and will, like, act very inconsistently. Um, and it just kind of happens a lot. Now, there are different variations of stories, which also makes things very confusing. Here's a version of Baldur's Death where Baldur actually does play a big role. But the thing is, Baldur in that is a very shitty person. In that, Baldur is a peeping Tom who uses his dad's special power throne that can see everything to watch a girl while she's showering. And he is he says that he's taken away by her bosom and shit. Um, he uh, gets jealous that she don't like him and decides, I'm going to kill anyone who she does like. And so she, he goes to war with the rest of the gods to kill this guy, basically. Um... And he's just overall a really, really, really shitty person in it. So him being Baldur the Good makes zero sense. I'm thinking of past shit. So it becomes very confusing, very inconsistent. And in that, he still isn't the main character of a story called Death of Baldur. It is actually the guy who kills him who's the main character and a good guy. He's the protagonist while Baldur is the antagonist, which I find that kind of interesting. And we do get some moments with Baldur to see how he manages like see how he's doing in this war but for the most part it is about uh hoder i think it's h-o h-o-t-h-e-r i think is how you uh, spell it and i think it's pronounced hoter um he is the main character you he you see him uh gaining power winning some battles and then also him just helping people if anything it's hoter the good and balder the pervy and not balder the good you know what i mean but, be, but there are still some very redeemable parts. Like, the world and how it works is very interesting, but also very convoluted, and is not always fully explained. But it's very unique and kind of cool just to think about. Like, there's like, the sun and the moon are entities, but then there's also day and night, which are entities. But you'd think that they would be the same, but they're not. And I think the sun and the moon are entities in a chariot that are in the sky going, and they're getting chased by wolves, and that's why they move, and they're constantly getting chased by those wolves who want to eat them. And I think the, 
the day and night also maybe works about the same, but I don't know for sure. It's very confusing. Then you have the World Tree Yggdrasil, which is another fun name. Um, and the World Tree connects everything. It has roots to everything. But I've also heard weird... I have something in my eye. I've also heard weird sort of interpretations where it is just a giant-ass tree that has roots that goes to all the worlds. And it's sort of like the life force. But then also I've heard some things where the worlds sort of orbit the tree and so like the tree is kind of like the sun and all the realms are like the fucking planets kind of and also some worlds are just not used like i i barely hear things about svortelheim vanaheim um anaheim uh niflheim and muspelheim i mean they play major roles at the very very end but you never actually go to them hell you you see, a, like, a journey or two to hell. But beyond that, not really. And then you have extra beings, like the, the Norns, who, like, are about fate. Um, Valkyries, who determine who lives and dies in battlefields. Um, and then also, like, elves, who are not really used in the stories at all. I know that actual Norse people would sort of leave... I don't remember if it was, like, butter or, like, sugar out as, like, a an offering to elves. So they'd have, like, prosperous, like, uh, farms, maybe. I don't really remember. Um, but they do that. They sort of, like, give offerings. So, like, no, no bad shit happens, at least. But in the stories themselves that I've read, at least. Now, I haven't read everything. But in the stories I've read, they're not used ever. So I don't get why... They would be important to them. Now, I know a lot of stuff has been lost, like, over time, you know, but still. Um, and back with the World Tree, <laughs> the World Tree is very interesting for another reason. And I wanted to kind of give this its own, like, little section. And this section, if I had to title it, would be Random Animals That Are Here, But I Don't Know Why. <laughs> so we have, uh, an eagle, um... And also a falcon who sits on that eagle named Ved Vedder Falnir. Vedder Falnir. And he just kind of sits at the top of the world tree looking at everything. He's just kind of vibing, just watching. But then you also have at the very bottom Nidhug, who is a either a serpent or a dragon. I've seen both words used. And he's just gnawing at the roots of the world tree with a bunch of worms. And they're trying to sort of, uh, what is it? Like, just eat the world tree and kind of have it die, I guess, just from the roots. And then you have Hidrun, who's the goat, who's Odin's goat. And I think he's, like, on a branch just kind of eating some leaves. And then he produces mead, I think, for Odin to drink. Or wine for Odin to drink. And then you have Ratatosk, who I fucking love Ratatosk. He is this little fucking squirrel who runs up and down the tree... Telling both Nidhug, who's the dragon, and Vedrafalnir, who's the falcon, the insults that each of them are saying about each other. So Falcon, so the Falcon will call um the dragon like a fucking <laughs> like a little bitch, and then Nid and then Ratatosh is like, oh, I'll go tell him. So he runs all the way back down the world tree just to tell the dragon, the Falcon calls you a little bitch. And then the dragon's like, 
that pussy did not. And then he runs back up and he's like, he said, that pussy did not. And then he just keeps going up and down, up and down, up and down, relaying messages over and over and over and over. And this was actually used in Marvel Comics. Uh, it was in a story that was around the time before Ragnarok, I think, actually happened. The story was so interesting when I first read it in Marvel Comics. And to see that it was actually a Norse mythology thing was super fucking interesting because it's hilarious. Like, there's just a guy who wants to just stir up shit, kind of like how Loki did in Loki's Quarrel. And he just keeps telling each other, these two dudes, the insults that they're saying to each other. Like, that's fucking hilarious. But then there's also, at the very beginning, I should have looked up the name of this uh, animal. But at the very, very beginning, there is this giant cow. I think it starts with an A. Hold on, I'm just going to Google it real quick. Giant cow, Norse myth. Ology. Okay, so at the very beginning, there was this um, like an uh, omnipotent god cow who fed Ymir with his milk. And this cow was just floating in space. The space between the, the Gunga Gap is what the space was called. A, a giant emptiness, basically, only consisting of ice, I'm pretty sure. And there's just this giant cow called Odhumla who is just feeding him milk. That's the whole... And then they're... That's the whole reason, but then also at Humla is just licking what is described as very salty ice, and then the gods come out of that salty ice. I think Boar? No. Some guy who is Odin's either father or grandfather comes out of that. He's just there. It's not explained how at Humla gets there, or why they're there, or what's actually happening, but at Humla's there. She's producing milk, and she's licking some fucking ice. Do male cows produce milk and female cows? I gotta look this up. Hold on. This is, this is, this is important. I know this is very off topic, but I really want to know. Do male cows produce milk? The cow's udders are mammary glands that serve the same function as human breasts. Then revive... Um, there's newborn young animals, because male cattle are not born with udders, they cannot make milk. Okay, that's kind of what I assumed, but I didn't know. Okay, cool. Hey, if anyone else was curious, now you know. Um, anyway, so Adhumla, God, who is obviously a female cow, is producing milk for Ymir so he can stay hung and stay 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 quenched. Quenched the thirst and the hunger, because he lives on that apparently. Um and Ymir is able to birth uh the frost giants because of this, because he's nice and satiated. And he births them from his fucking armpit is where they grow out of. Why? It just doesn't make any sense. I don't get why they're coming out of his fucking armpit. But, I mean, he's also a dude, so maybe they didn't know how to explain it. So they were just like, uh, 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 armpit. I don't fucking know. I mean, they're going to come out smelly as hell. I don't know if babies come out smelly, but maybe. I don't know. Depends on if she keeps it clean down there, I guess. But also, that's not they're not the only people that come from Ymir. That just kind of spurt out of his body for no reason. Um, also, whenever he's made into the earth, his skin has who is which is like the land has maggots in it that then the gods are like these maggots need to be sentient so they make the maggots sentient and they become dwarves 
And dwarves just look like humans. Half the time, they're not even described as very, very small. They're just humans, basically. But they are kind of special. And how do you get human... Like, little, may, we'll just consider them little humans. How do you get little humans from maggots? And why do you choose to make the maggots and the little humans? This doesn't make any sense. And now, I'm going to get into the sort of... The ending, because there technically there's a lot I didn't talk about, and I, there's so much to talk about that if I wanted to talk about more, I'd have to do another episode. But I think a good way of wrapping this up is a bit more of a serious toned story, or at least it tries to be for the most part. And that is really the ending of Ragnarok, because Ragnarok happens and it's rather quick. I feel like we're there and then we're it's over instantly there's not a lot of detail to it like you you hear about a few fights and that's about it and a bit of a build-up so it starts off with um actually real quick i want to talk about that gods knew this was going to happen specifically odin and they don't do anything to stop it and that's a consistent theme throughout all of uh norse mythology whether it's sagas or actual gods it there's always usually some sort of seeing the future and no one doing anything to prevent the future from happening, even though it's a really, really, really shitty future. Now, Norse people really believed in sort of fate and even luck. Like there was like a, there's a whole part of your soul, like your body, that is embodied, like embodied luck, basically within you. And if people thought that their luck was lower that day than uh, than whoever they were fighting, they would just dip. They would be like, "Fuck it, we we can't fight them. Our luck is low," <laughs> you know. And they thought very similarly about fate. If they thought fate was on their side, they'd fight. If they didn't, then they wouldn't. Type of deal. And they respected fate and was like, it's gonna happen. We gotta let it happen, you know? And that just baffles me that with how shitty these gods are and how manipulative a lot of them are, like Odin, who I didn't really talk much about, but I'll probably talk about him in a future episode. Um, and then like even like how manipulative Loki was and Thor and all these people. Why they wouldn't attempt to do it because i feel like they don't really have respect for much of anything other than themselves and with that they would be very self-preserving and want to save themselves no matter what and like come out on top but they never do anything to prevent ragnarok and at the beginning of ragnarok there's a super winter basically where there's snow from all angles there's biting wind and then uh, the world is kind of frozen over. It's at least kind of covered in ice, basically. And it lasts three years. Then the moon and the sun are eaten by wolves. And it rains blood from their jaws. And that is kind of bizarre to me. But still, you know, whatever. Um, The dragon eats the roots of the world tree. The hawk screeches. And then a chicken, who's in Asgard, he 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 croaks or whatever a chicken makes, whatever you what do you call the noise a chicken makes? I don't fucking know. Whatever you call that. Then you have the red bird of hell who like tweets or some shit. And then Heimdall hears all this, hears all the freak the birds freaking out, and is like he blows his horn to let everyone know. And then we go away from the gods and we see the other side get ready. And the world serpent is starts fucking flailing around in the ocean. He causes a bunch of waves. And then he crawls onto the land. And those waves also help the ship, which is made of human nails, 
I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that in just one second. But the ship is made of human nails. It comes to the battlefield with Loki and the Sons of Moosebull. Now, I'll talk about the human nails real quick. The boat that's made of human nails. Apparently, there was a thing where if you don't cut the toenails of dead loved ones, then they will, those toenails that weren't cut will kind of build onto this boat and make the boat bigger. So it was kind of a way to have people cut the nails of dead people. But why do you want to cut the nails of the dead people? It's weird. It's a weird thing. But we'll actually get into more that's kind of similar going forward. There's Hrim and the Frost Giant who sail to the battle to fight with, like, Loki and then the nail boat. I don't know if you could hear that. I don't know if my mic picks it up. I have a little air conditioner thing or air, air freshener thing that sprays. I don't know if you heard that, but if you did, that's what that was. Um, if you didn't, I'll cut all this explanation out because you don't need to know what's in my room other than the flamingos, which are over there. Um, so him and the frost giants, Hrim, and the frost giants sail to the battle. That's what happens. And then hell comes out of hell through a hole in the ground, apparently, which is there. I don't know how it came there, how it, how it happened, but it happened. Um, with her hellhound named Garm. And Nidhug, which is which was the dragon who was gnawing at the roots, um, and he starts flying out from the underworld with corpses on his wings. I thought that was just a really cool picture to see. Like he's just flying over the battlefield, fucking Game of Thrones style, and he just has fucking corpses flapping in the wind on his wings. I don't know if his wings are made of them or if the corpses are on his wings. If his wings are made of corpses, that's even fucking cooler. But still. Um, and then Loki, like, sees all these people who show up. He's like, oh my gosh, you guys showed up just to help me? Wow, thank you. And then they're like, fuck it, just lead us. Go, go, just lead us. And I just, I just imagine just a nice, like, pep talk before it, where Loki's, like, just blushing, just like, oh my gosh, you helped me. You're helping me. I'm loved, finally. And then just tell them to fuck off and just lead them into battle. Like, let's just get this over with. Um, and then Surtur and his sons ride over the Bifrost. I think they break the Bifrost as well, which is the, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the Bifrost is the rainbow bridge that connects Asgard, I think, to Earth. Or maybe Asgard to another place. Or, no, Asgard to the World Tree. Okay, so the, the tree Yggdrasil, um, it seems like they could go just about anywhere with it, but it either connects straight to Earth or it connects to the Ash to a well that is on the tree of Yggdrasil. I don't really know for certain which one it, like, connects to. I assume that it, it's, it's, it's a bridge. Like, it, it's like a one, one way type of thing. But, maybe they can just hop off anywhere. It says it goes over Niflheim and, uh, the Earth, so, not completely sure. I'm just trying to get my bookmark in here. Hold on, give me one second, Um, but, I don't know. It, it's, it's rather interesting. But I, I don't know for sure. It kind of just is up to interpretation. But still. Um, I gotta be honest, Sheep. I'm kind of lost. Okay, Surfer rides over the Bifrost. Um, Searcher and his sons ride over the Bifrost. And they break the Bifrost, I'm pretty sure, with the hooves of their horses. Um, and then the... And then it's kind of funny, because at least the book that I'm reading now, I went ahead and read Ragnarok for this section to be kind of prepared. 
Um, and it goes out of its way to say that the gods made sure to put on their rich clothing for the battle. Like, they literally stopped and was like, oh, it's our big moment. Let's go put on our rich people clothes, make sure we look nice, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck is that? That's so fucking weird. Why do you, why do you make it so important to point out that they have rich clothing on? I'm assuming so you kind of get a bit of an idea of how it looks, like they're wearing literal gold. That's how I pictured it, at least. But I don't know. It's just, it's very funny that they point that out. So now I'm going to get, this is where all the fighting happens. This is where it says who's fighting who. Now in this, also, hold on. I'm pretty sure that the army of frost giants fights the dead from Valhalla. I'm pretty sure that's what happens. But I'm not 100% sure. It didn't say it in this. So I'm not 100% sure, but I just want to throw that in there in case that's right. Just to kind of give a bit more of the grand scale, because I'm pretty sure that there is a huge side on one side and a huge side on the other. And it focuses on like the major gods and who they fight. But also, I just want to really show this grand scale of it, because I'm pretty sure it talks about how the the, the fallen warriors of Valhalla return to for this battle, and then also the frost giants are all here, which it, I it explicitly said. I know that for sure. All the frost giants are here fighting, and maybe a war, and maybe a army from hell. I don't know for sure, but maybe. I just want to point that out there. Anyway, um, and so now also the gods are fighting, and that's where the story mostly focuses. So Odin fights Fenris. Odin dies. Okay, Odin dies, but he's. Specifically, he's eaten whole in one bite by Fenris because Fenris was like constantly growing, and it specifically says that his mouth gaped wide enough to, to fill the space between Asgard and Earth. And I have to imagine that Asgard is just kind of right above the clouds. That's kind of how the whoever wrote this pictured it. So, I mean, that's pretty big. That's pretty fucking big. Um, I don't get how he doesn't eat everybody. He just eats Odin, but still, whatever. Um, Thor fights the World Serpent, and they trade. Um, Thor strikes him with his hammer, but then, and kills him, but his fang, like, kind of stabs him. You know, like, Harry Potter Basilisk style, you know? Um, and then he's poisoned, and he dies. Um, Tyr fights Garm. Now, here's the thing. You guys don't know who the fuck Tyr is, but he's not used a lot um, but Tyr fights Garm, who's the Hellhound, and they trade as well. They each just kind of kill each other. Um, Fry fights Surtur. Fry just gets marked. He's dead instantly. Heimdall fights Loki, and they trade. I always found that kind of random. I always viewed Loki as maybe fighting Odin, because they actually have a blood bond. They're not physically related, but they have a blood bond. Or maybe he's jealous of Thor, so he fights Thor. I don't know why he fights Heimdall, of all people. And to be honest, in his quarrel, Heimdall, he gives the weakest insult to Heimdall. So maybe he's mad that he couldn't insult him very well, I guess. But really, him and Heimdall have no correlation beyond that one part in Loki's quarrel where he gives an absolutely shitty insult to him. At least based on the other ones that, he's get, that he gave in that story. So that's very random of a fight, but they trade. Um, and then, ooh, here's the best part. Okay, so Vidar. Vidar, this is this is where the story gets goofy out of nowhere for no reason. Vidar 
kills Fenris with his giant shoe. I'm not kidding. I'm not like exaggerating. It is a just a giant shoe he has. He puts it on his bottom jaw, takes his hand on the top jaw, and rips him in half, basically, is how I pictured it. Now, here's the thing. Fenris, who is the one that ate Odin whole, and his mouth is as big as the, land, as the space between Earth and fucking Asgard. He was able to put his thing at the bottom of fucking Fenris, and then grab the top, and rip him in half. How big is this motherfucker? Like, this guy has to be massive. I'm so confused. Maybe it was like a one-time super move type deal that Fenris had where he had that big of a mouth. But I don't know. But he, he, he just is ripping. You know what I'm saying? And it's fucking cool. And there's actually a, a similar finish in uh, uh, God of War. At least number one. I don't, it's probably in the second one. I haven't played the second one. But it's in the first one, and where he is fighting like this kind of werewolf type thing, and he literally grabs the top jaw and the bottom jaw, and the finisher, he literally rips it in half. I feel like that has to be a reference, at least to this, but anyway. Um, so, Vidar kills him like that, and he has a giant shoe, because uh, in Norse mythology, the idea was if... When you make your shoes, you're supposed to shave, like, shave off the bottom. Make it, like, a nice shoe. Shave off the sole, you know? Don't have any of the extra shit, you know? Make it nice, flat, nice, and clean. And all that extra shit that you shave off would then go onto Vidar's big boy shoe and be giant as fuck. And so if you shave off your shoes, you're helping him beat Fenris in Ragnarok. Even though I think to them it's already happened. So it doesn't matter, but they don't have a concept of time. Maybe I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Vidar does that, and then Surtur's like, "All right, I'm bored." So then he just decides to take his giant fire sword and burn everybody. They bur he burns everything. He burns Earth, Asgard, um, probably Niflheim, Muspelheim, the World Tree. He definitely burns, and. He, so all of Earth's land is charred black, the waters are boiling, and then the charred land of Earth sinks back into the water to kind of be, and then be reborn, and it comes back as, like, very good and beautiful or something. And here's the thing. So everything burned, or at least almost everything. There's one thing that didn't burn, which I'll get into in just a second. Almost everything burned, at least everything where people were at the time. But somehow, Vali, Vidar, who I don't know who the fuck they are. I think there's some of the veneer. Magni and Modi, who are Thor's sons, and Honir all lived somehow. Even though every other god, every everyone else, every other god, probably like Sif, uh, Heim, or no, we, saw, we heard what happened to Heimdall. Uh, Sif, Frigga, Freya, all these other gods died. We didn't hear about it, but we assumed that. But then these random motherfuckers, Vali, Vidar, Magni, Modi, and Honir, all live. Somehow. It's not explained how, but they lived. They're just, they're vibing now. I don't fucking know how. But then also, right after we learn that all these guys are living, Hoder, who is the one that killed uh, Baldur by accident, with Loki's help. He's like blind and shit. And Baldur, 
who obviously killed, he's dead, he's dead, he's, he's just been dead, comes back out of nowhere from hell. And the stipulation for Baldur not being able to come out of hell when he originally died was that everyone who ever lived had to weep for him. But one random giant didn't, and it's suspected that that giant didn't weep because it was actually Loki in disguise. That's kind of the suspicion. So I'm assuming that Hodor was just sitting at the gate waiting for Hell to like change her mind, like to let him out, and then Hell died, so then the gates were just like, I mean, we don't got a reason to not let him out, fuck it, go on. And so then Baldur and Hodor are like just going on their way they're like hey guys i got balder back got guys hello yes i guess they went to get some chipotle or something they'll be back eventually i don't fucking know they're just out of nowhere just they're back and they're they don't acknowledge that obviously asgard was burned to hell and gone niflheim was burned to hell the world tree is completely gone and Earth, I mean, they're, it's back to looking cool, but obviously everyone's probably dead right now. Like, they probably gotta get new people, you know? Like, what the fuck? And then the highest heaven, though, Gimli, because there was, like, multiple kind of layers to heaven for them, or Valhalla, whatever you want to call it. And Gimli was the highest, and it didn't burn because it was so high. It was able to escape the fire, you know? And, and now... It's being ruled by a god who was too powerful to name. And it's pretty much suspected that it was um, the fucking... That it was just Christianity. It's just meant to be God himself, you know? Um, and that was added much later to the Edda. So that's the assumption. But it kind of... It, it is very interesting, but not well written. I think that is sort of the big takeaway that I have to have. Is that I think that there's so much... So many interesting things with Norse mythology. So many... Keep touching my desk and it's, I'm shaking it. Fucking hell. But there is so much... Interest, so many interesting stories. So many interesting ideas and concepts with Norse mythology. That are just incredible. And I love them. And I would love it if they were just written better. Now granted, they're super fucking old and... Also, some stories are like in fragments. Some stories were written partially by one guy and then another guy found it and he kind of finished it or he just modified it how he wanted to modify it. You know, like, so I'm not like pissed off. I'm not like, you know what, Snorri, you should have been better, you know, but I, it would have been nice if they were a little bit nicer to read, I guess. Like, just uh, had a bit more of cohesion to them. But, you know, it's still not, it's still not that bad. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. It's still pretty good. I still love them and they have amazing ideas, which is what keeps it going and the comedy aspect of a lot of shit with a giant shoe and Loki being a petty ass uh, gay fuck boy. Like it's just insane. Um, but I just, I am disappointed in some things. Um, so in this, there are two sets of gods, two families of gods, the Asir and the Veneer. And the some of the Veneer... Um, become part of the Aesir, but mostly they stay separate. But the Veneer don't actually play much of a role beyond the ones that come and live with the Aesir. But apparently, there was a giant war between the Aesir and the Veneer. And at least nothing I've read so far has went into almost any fucking detail about that. But that 
sounds so fucking cool. Where is that story? I, I, I want to see it. I need to see it. The Asir and the Veneer fighting would be so fucking awesome to see. Like, how does that start? What is going on? What are the major conflicts, the giant battles that create valleys in the earth and explain them or create giant lakes where it's actually full of a god's blood who was smited down by a giant lightning bolt from Milmir, Mil Milnir. Like, it would be so awesome. And also, kind of building off of that, there aren't a lot of grand fights in this. Even Ragnarok itself isn't really described very well, in my opinion. Like, you kind of hear, like, oh, these guys are fighting. Oh, they landed a death blow on the guy, but also he got poisoned. Now they're dead. Yeah. Like, there's not very big fights, grand-scale fights. Maybe this is the dum-dum, like, sort of goober brain happening, where I just want big fight and spectacle. I just feel like that would have added so much more to, to this, to make it feel more grandiose, like we're actually dealing with gods and things that could affect all of the known world at the time. And I was expecting a ton of them, to be honest, because from what I've seen with like, you know, Marvel's Thor and uh, God of War, especially God of War, I kind of expected more, but really there wasn't. Um, oh yeah, also, many characters were just underused, like egregiously underused. Um, you had Tyr, who doesn't do much. Baldur, who is shockingly underused, from what I've read. Now, in this book, there's a whole chapter about Baldur, which I'm hoping... I haven't gotten to yet, but I'm hoping gives a little bit more for him to do. But in, like, the prose edda, he does nothing. He, he is talked about, he dies, and we're done. That's it. That's it. I don't understand. The person who's used the most is easily, like... Thor, to be honest. And, I mean, Thor's cool. I like Thor. But, I mean, I would love to have seen more. Thor and Odin get a ton to do. And beyond that, nothing. And I feel like we've just lost a lot of the Baldur stories. Because apparently, there, in terms of, like, actual things that have been found, there is a ton of, sort of, like, whether it be carvings or whatever that they found, that strongly supports that Baldur was... Probably one of the more worshipped gods, at least. But why, though? I think it's meant to be because he comes back from hell. It's kind of like a... Sort of like a Jesus thing, I guess. Like, he died and was resurrected. Maybe. But I don't really know for sure. So, it confuses me. But... it was just, It's just very interesting. That the ending was very anticlimactic. And it took itself seriously wasn't very good you know it's just and there aren't a lot of fights and it's a lot of random stories that don't do much of anything and most of the stories are there just to explain something in the world like Baldur's, like loki's um loki's punishment for killing Baldur. that story literally feels like it's there just to explain how fishing nets were made because it explains that loki makes it and then they find it and then they're like that's how fishing nets were made. And it also explains how, um, why salmon have the shape that they do. Where, like, kind of, like, the fin kind of goes inwards and then it kind of it actually becomes the fin. You know, like, the body kind of scales down inwards. It's because, you know, Loki was the form of a salmon. And 
Ooh, it might have been Thor. I don't really know. Someone grabs him very tightly, and it makes... it. it they squeeze on that part, and that's why it becomes the shape that it is. That's what these stories are kind of meant to be. Which, granted, yes. Like, a lot of mythology and stuff is really just meant to explain the world around them. That's how they did it. That's how they sort of understood things. And I understand that. I get why they did that. Um, makes sense that they're more about that and less about actual plot and character development and shit. You know, like they had more to deal with back then, you know? I don't know. I kind of was hoping for more when I did it. I still love it. I still think it's hilarious. And I still will probably keep reading it. You know, periodically, I'll keep reading Norse mythology, more about it, more stories that I hadn't heard before, stuff like that, at least until I'm done, until I've read it all. But still, and I don't know if there's better nor better mythologies out there with with more of what I'm looking for, I guess, with more of like sort of a fucking, I don't know, I can't think, with more plot, more characters that feel actual important, like they get more to do and have more development. I don't know if Greek mythology would be better. I don't know. I don't know if there's Japanese mythology that would be really nice. I don't know. I just think it could be very, very interesting. Any sort of African mythology, even though I know Africa is a very, very huge place, so there's a lot of countries, so there's probably a lot of different, at least sort of cultures and religions and mythology, maybe. I don't know. Egyptian mythology, anything, you know? I just think it could be very, very interesting. But I don't know if there's anything better out there. I don't know if they're all like this. If they are, I'll, I'll look into them. But I probably won't go very deep, to be honest. Because going deeper into Norse mythology, I've just been a little bit disappointed. But there's usually just about anything that I can pull from that is nice. Like, I read the Odin chapter in this book that I'm currently reading. And the Odin chapter, while not having a ton of great stories had a lot of just interesting moments. Like, rats were the embodiment of the dead souls. Like, that's what rats were. And whenever someone dies, a rat would climb out of their mouth as their soul leaving the body. Like, that's so fucking cool. And it explained that he was the Pied Piper somehow. Like, there's, like, a version of the Pied Piper where he is the Pied Piper. It's kind of insane. Like, that's really interesting to me. And, like, there's him going on, like, a, this massive hunt with some people, and, um, only people who took it seriously would, like, reap rewards or something. It's cool. Dogs are going crazy. I have a book. This is my book, by the way. I highly recommend it. This is what I'm reading right now. It's Tales of Norse Mythology. I got it at Barnes & Noble. I don't know if it's only at Barnes & Noble, but, dude, the front thing, it, like, has indentions, and it feels really cool. I just wanted to point that out. Um, it's by H.A. Goober? Gorber? You just type in H.A. and then G-U-E-R-B-E-R. -E You'll probably find it. It's very good. It's very interesting. I do prefer... I'm going to have to put this at the end because there's no point putting this in the fucking middle. But I do prefer these two books. The books I used for my class, I also highly recommend... And prefer, to be honest, the Prosetta, which is by um, Snorri Sturluson, who's, he's very, very dead. He's been, he was like, from like, OG. He's an OG. He's from way back when, like, 1200s. And then also Saga of the Volsungs. I don't know the author of the Saga of the Volsungs, but I very, very like it. I read the 
I read the Penguin Classics version, which breaks things up into very small sections. I think the longest a section might be is like a few pages, you know, so it's very easy to have like nice starting and stopping points. So I would highly recommend these if you care at all. If you just want to hear me blab about it, that's perfectly fine as well. Um, but if you actually want to read them, I highly recommend these two. But also, this isn't bad. This feels less like stories and more like you're kind of just getting information. Like general information and sort of an explanation of the stories and what happens. Less of actually getting stories told to you. This... This is a full, these are full-fledged stories. These have like genuine dialogue within them that's integrated in and um, some explanations still. Like the Edda starts off, or at least towards the very beginning, it's literally just an explanation of who everyone is. So like Heimdall gets a section and um, Odin gets a section and all these things. And like Realms will get a section and all that. But they're very, very good books and I highly recommend them. I think that they're incredible, but still. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I think that's very interesting. Um, and just in case of anyone who ever sees this, if anyone ever sees this, and they want to know some more. You know what I'm saying? I just think that'd be very good. But, anyway, neither here nor there. I, I don't know. I, I gotta be honest. I didn't really think of an ending for this. <laughs> um, I don't really know how to end it. Like, I, I talked about Ragnarok, which is the end of everything, I guess. That's the ending. Ragnarok. Everything burns, but we come back and there's one guy who's like a uh, chad and is so much cooler than us so he rules everything that's it that's the end